Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. The vision for the future. And I love the vision for the future. I just love the future. It's exciting. Not just like sci-fi stuff, like that's also cool as well. I've watched Back to the Future recently. Awesome. Um, but I get passionate when I think about what God is going to do. Because if you look at where things are right now and you look at God's heart and what he wants for the world, they're not the same. So you know that God's going to do something awesome to get things where they need to be. And that's exciting. It's exciting to be part of God's story. The entire Bible is this incredible story of God loving people and incredible things happening. And it's exciting to be part of that. So when we talk about vision builders, it's like, it's just the most exciting part to be part of what God is doing. And I just have, um, tonight I just want to go through three little points. They're not actually points, but it'll it'll make sense. And that is, what are we doing? Why do we do it? And then because. It's like another what, but you couldn't have what, why, what, because that wouldn't make any sense. So the what is, is, is the practical aspect of giving. And you're giving into something. And what does that actually mean? It's next week we have this incredible moment where we put forward pledges. And even though it's like it's a personal thing with you, how much you pledge, and it's about you and God, and that the fact is we get to do a moment where we we invest and sow into the future, something we can't see. We, it's all about faith. It's, it's, it's what, hope, what we hope for and we can't see. That's exciting. And the reason I love that is because when we, when we give into something that we can't see straight away, when we give into something, we invest in what God is doing, and like it builds our faith muscle. It gets us, it gets us understanding who God is and what he's going to do, and we get passionate about what's going to happen. And there's this really amazing story in the Bible. Um, and I just want to tell the story. And tonight I'm telling a lot of different stories from the Bible, but I want you to kind of put yourself in that situation. So we're going to have... I'm a, I'm a school teacher, if you didn't know that. So I do a lot of like, let's use our imagination, guys. So tonight when we tell a story, I don't want you just to like listen to, oh, that's a really good story in the Bible I've read like 5,000 times. I want you to imagine what that would be like to be in that situation. Because the thing is, like this, this incredible, incredible Word of God tells us these amazing stories that when we hear it, we feel disconnected and we're kind of like, oh, it's a really good um, pointer for my life. But that's also a story that happened to a person. And that person, that would have radically changed their life forever. Just being in the crowd when Jesus fed the 5,000. You would retell that story every day of your life. People get sick of hearing about the story. You know that time Jesus like multiplied like the bread, like because it was so significant. So when we hear the stories and we hear these amazing things that God's done, let's just put ourselves in the story a little bit and just imagine how awesome it is to be part of what God is doing. This story um, is in 1 Chronicles 29. Not exactly sure of the verse. Sorry, Naomi, I haven't got it up there. It's all good. You're fine. Um, And this story is King David talking to the nation of Israel. So you guys are going to be the nation of Israel. We're quite light on today for the nation of Israel, but that's okay. And he's talking to them about 
building the temple. Now, David wasn't going to build the temple. His son was. But he's actually having this moment to get people to give into building the temple. Now, the temple would be a place where God would live. Now, if you're an Israelite, you've been been wandering around, you've been under different attacks and you've been having victories and God's been with you all the way, but he's never had that place, like, a, like, a, like the temple. It's a pretty significant thing to have a place where God, you can like open your window and go, oh, creator of the universe lives in that building right there. That'd be amazing. So David's there and he says, God, I now give my personal treasures of gold, silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. And he goes on and lists all these things. But it's important, he says, that he's saying this to all of Israel. He's saying, that I've given this. This is what I'm giving now. This is what I'm doing right now. And then he says this awesome thing. In front of the whole nation, he goes, who else today is going to consecrate this to God? Who is going to be consecrated to God? Who's going to declare that they're going to live for God today? Who is going to make this moment a moment where they said, I'm in for this? And then it says the leaders of Israel and their families gave to the temple. And then it said that all the people gave into the temple. And people were, were going and they were getting their, their whatever precious stones they have and were giving it into the building of the temple. That's what you think about, like, how beautiful a moment that would have been for you to sit there, hear some guy talk about how he's giving in the temple, and then seeing every single person you know going, that is worth it, I'm, I'm in for this, and going and getting stuff and, and giving it into something that they can't see right now. It's not even, there's not even like plans for it written somewhere. There's no projector where they go, this is what the temple will look like. He's just like, today I'm going to say I'm in for what God's wanted doing. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know about you, but I'll get goosebumps. Imagine being there and seeing thousands of people being like, whatever we've got, let's go get it. Let's see a thing happen. And they would have told that story again and again and again to their kids, to their grandkids, to their great-grandkids about the time where like, they're looking at the temple going, you know what? I invested in that. Didn't know what it would look like, but I saw that. How amazing that in wherever, whatever building, wherever we are in the future, we get to have a moment like that on Sunday where we pledge something. It's just between you and God. But you pledge something and you give into something you can't see. You give into something that you can't even understand fully the impact that will have. But in years, you'll be sitting there talking to your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids and saying, oh, you know what, I was there on that day when we gave our pledges. And I could see this happening. I could see the impact this would have. Imagine, imagine that moment, how beautiful that would be. Now, that's the what. That is what Vision Builders is. Vision Builders is having that moment where we look into the future that is completely unknown, but trusting a completely capable God and saying, I'm totally into whatever that means because I know it is good. Now, this is the exciting part of the message because it's the why. Because, I mean, like, a building is really important. We need one. Well, we actually, they're important. You can do things in a building, okay? <laughs> awesome things happen in tents as well. But you know what? A building is good. 
But there's so much more to giving than just we get something. Because if, if all this was about was getting a building and having some programs in it and just having a nice place to meet on a Sunday, God is actually more than capable of doing that. I mean, if God is God, and I very much believe he is, he can do literally anything. He could just go, you know what, if you want a building with the best signage and the comfiest chairs, I think there's the building. So there must be something in us giving and partnering in what God is doing. There must be some significance to that. Are we all on board with that? Yeah? You can be interactive. It's okay. Like, I like when you like, encourage me and cheer up and stuff like that. But there must, be, there must be more to it than just getting something because if there was just getting something, God doesn't actually need us to do that. There must be something else in it. And that is that, that partnering with Him. That is that moment when we get to trust and stretch in faith for something. God is in the stretch. God is doing something in the stretch. So why do we get to do that? Why do we get to be part of what God does on the earth? Well, it's pretty awesome. That was actually his plan the entire time. And from the very beginning, when God created man, he had a purpose for us. He put us here to do something. He put us here to be in His creation. We are made in His image, image bearers of God. And then even though it's not like that in the garden anymore, even though there are things going on in the world, we still have that purpose of partnering with God to do something. And it is so beautifully put in one of the best mic drop moments in the whole gospel. All of them, not just one, all Gospels. And that is in Isaiah 61. Now, context for this. Isaiah wrote this heaps before Jesus was around. But the reason it's a mic drop in the Gospels is because Jesus goes into a synagogue and he reads this first bit. And then he says, um, this scripture is fulfilled and you're hearing it today. He's literally saying, I am the Messiah. Like all of this stuff I'm talking about now is happening from now. And he didn't have a microphone, but you could imagine he just dropped a mic. In fact, he actually sat in a chair that was reserved for the Messiah. So it's the same kind of moment. It's like, this is all happening. So just like put yourself in that moment for a second. And you've been waiting your entire life, and you've heard the stories of your great, 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 great grandparents about how God was going to do something, about how God was going to make the world right again. And then you hear this. The Spirit of Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom of the captives, and release from darkness of the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Those two verses, as Jesus the Messiah saying, God is on me to make things right again. God is on me to make this new again to make everything come the way it was meant to. An amazing moment. And the prophecy continues in Isaiah. Number three, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This is beautiful words of like despair being turned to joy, of, of horrible mourning and terrible things being turned into praise to God. And then he talks to people and saying they'll be called oaks of righteousness that are God's own people. And then this is like a glimpse into God's grand plan of how this all works, the why we are partnering with God in the future, kind of to prove that he's actually had this totally covered the whole time. Number four, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Oh, who that's talking about is the people who are set free. That, that verse talks about how when God delivers the captives, when God sets people free, they go and they rebuild the ancient ruins. They go and they, they renew the ruined cities. They, they restore places that have been devastated for so long. Why do we partner with God? Because it has always been His plan for the church, the people of God, to rebuild the cities, to go to places that are long devastated. Now, that doesn't just mean building walls and things like that. That means the people. Why do we do this? Because... It is always around people. And God has called us to be part of saying that rebuilds the things that have been devastated for so long. And through, through Jesus, we partner with him to rebuild ancient ruins. That's his vision. When we talk about vision builders, we talk about the future, we talk about what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that we're going to see places, people, Families, generations, situations, rebuilt, made new again. Places that we've had people say, oh, that person will never, never be good again. Or, oh, I'll never experience that. Having those moments turn around in the presence of God. Having moments like that where people are set free from things that have plagued their families. How amazing to partner with God to be part of this, this incredible thing that He will do. And that's been, that's been our job, the people of God, to go and restore those places, to go and, and be with people. And it is said again beautifully by Jesus when He talks to His disciples before seeing them out um, in Matthew 10, verse 5 to 8. I would write this down if you like taking notes because it's like one of the best like translations and verses. This is in the message and it is just awesome. And it is pretty much just, this is what God tells us to do. He's like, okay, die on the cross, set you free. You are free through my blood that was spilt for you. Now this is what we're going to do. Jesus sent out his 12 harvest hands with this charge. Don't begin by traveling off to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by take it, tackling some public enemy. But go to the lost, confused people right here in your neighborhood. Go to the lost, confused people right here in your neighborhood. 
Just let that sink in for a second. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. That is a world-changing kind of charge for Jesus to give people. Like, raise the dead. Off you go. Touch the untouchables. The people that no one else looks for. The people that no one else cares about. Go and find them. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Heal them. Bring hope. Bring life. Bring joy. Bring love. Why do we partner with God? Why, do, why is this so important? Because when the church partners with God and we do what we've always been called to do, this is the stuff that happens. Things start to turn around. Things start to change. Our church's vision is connecting people to God, people to people, and people to purpose. And what happens when that happens? What happens when we see people connected to God? When we see people connected to God, we see people finding out who they truly are in Christ. We see marriages done right and turned around because we realize who we are and we realize we need to forgive. We realize that we need to love selflessly. We see families come together and turn around because when we connect with God, when people find God and find out who they are, they have a different perspective on all different things. Go back to where you were before you knew Jesus. Think about all the times that God's changed your perspective, all the times that God's been there for you, all the times that, that God has done something incredible in your life. How beautiful those moments been for you. How awesome that we get to have those moments with people we've never even met yet in this place. People to people. People connecting with people. People being in community and supported. Um, Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. How beautiful is that? That when we partner with God and we give into what this vision is and we give into what God's vision is, we see people finding families. We see people finding hope. We see people connecting with each other finding real connection again. Um, there is an amazing story in the Bible, and um, I'm nearly finished, so I'll, I'm just going to tell it. And there's this woman who's had an issue with bleeding for the last 12 years. Ever heard that one before? Yeah? It's okay. We can be relaxed. Um, so this story is amazing to me for one like, incredible reason. And that is that this woman, for 12 years of her life, has been living completely outcast from everyone else. Because in the Jewish system, if you were bleeding, uh, you were sent outside. You were unclean. People couldn't touch you. People couldn't associate with you. It's 12 years. So put yourself in that story for a second, that you're this woman, and for 12 years you have been without real connection with anyone. And this story shows us the heart that God has for people. This story shows us how God sees people. This woman for 12 years has been completely left alone and she risks everything to come into the city because she hears that Jesus is going to walk through. 
she has in her head, if I, just, if I can just touch, if I can just touch Jesus, I won't be lonely anymore. If I can just touch Jesus, I can be fixed. This situation can stop and I can find my people again. She risks it. She goes into the city. She pushes through the crowd and she touches Jesus' robe. We all, all heard the story before. We know that she's instantly healed. And Jesus just does a double take and is like, who touched me? And then his disciples are a little bit, a bit, you're going a bit crazy here, Jesus. Let's turn it back a bit. Everyone's touching you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. Power went from me. Someone touched me. Who was it? How embarrassing is that for the woman who sneaked into the city to touch his robes? And now he's calling her out in front of everyone, everyone who knows that she has an issue, everyone who knows she shouldn't be in this crowd, everyone who knows that if they touch her, they're unclean. And he's like, where are you? Who's the, who's the person who touched me? This is the Messiah stopping in the middle of what he's doing and saying, no, I'm not going until I find out who did that. And she comes forward to Jesus, trembling. It's, it says in, in one translation that she was trembling. She's like scared. She's like, I have to admit that I'm here. Imagine the fear she's feeling. She's not meant to be there. She's unclean. And not only is she around people, she's about to talk to the Messiah, who she knows is the Messiah because she just got healed. She comes up to him and she's like, it was me. As soon as I touched your robe, I was completely healed. And we want to see what the heart of God is for people. It is in this moment where Jesus looks at her. I'm getting a bit emotional. But Jesus looks at her and picks her up and says, Daughter, you've been made well. Like, how does God see people? God sees the untouchable person and calls her daughter, brings her in the family. He's, he's saying to her, you're, you're one of me. You're, you're like me. We're family. Why do we want to give in to what God is doing? What happens when we have this moment when we, we partner with God and we see God doing what he always called us to do? We have people coming into the house of God and having moments like that where they find their people, where they meet they meet other people who treat them exactly the same because they know how God loves people. When they meet a God who loves them no matter what, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And what happens when people find purpose? This woman who's just been completely healed, her life is changed forever from that moment. Not only is she able to be around people again, but now she's like, I met the Messiah. She would be doing, she would be following Jesus. She would go and tell every single person. She would, all of a sudden, her life would be so full of purpose and promise because she's gone from being an outcast and being left alone by everyone to she was welcomed back into her family, the people of God. When people find purpose, everything changes for them. And the amazing thing is, and the band can come up now. The amazing thing is that, like, that story and countless stories in the Bible just show us God's heart for people. How much He loves 
us, that he calls us his people. And like we see in Isaiah, he planned all along to set us free so that we could go and we could rebuild the cities, so we could go and we could make things right again. Why is Vision Month so exciting? Because we get to have a glimpse into the people that we are called to be. We get to have a glimpse into the amazing vision that God has for all of humanity. And we get to make a decision to partner with Him to see that happen in this city. There are hundreds of thousands of people in this area who do not know that they are completely loved exactly how they are. There are people in this region who need to know what it is to be connected to people. There are people in this region who need to know what it is to have purpose on their life. And the church, specifically this place, our call, our vision, our heart is to see people connected to God, connected to each other, and connected to purpose. Just close your eyes for a second. God is so good, and He has been so good to us. No matter where we were, no matter where we are right now, He looks at us and He is so in love with us. And He, in some crazy idea, lets us be part of what He's doing. He lets us be part of rebuilding lives, rebuilding people. And what I want us to do now is I just want us to to take a moment to just see the significance of what God is doing in this place, to get passionate about the future of what God is doing, to get passionate about partnering, but also to just see people the way that God sees them. To realize that the reason we do this is not because we want a building and not because of anything else. The reason we do this is because God loves every single person and we have the answer to so many things in this place. And that we need to be a place that is impacting not just a few people, but whole cities are impacted by what God is doing. Imagine the time where we have people telling stories of how they went to this cafe uh, down the road and someone prayed for them and they they were completely healed because God is so good. Imagine the stories of people going to a church on Sunday and being completely set free from all different things and telling their friends. Because it's awesome to have heaps of people here, but it's more exciting to know that every person who's here is someone who is transformed by the presence of God and is so loved. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll finish up. Lord God, thank you so much that we can be part of this with you. Thank you so much that from the very beginning, Lord, you planned that your people would work with you to make things right again. I pray, Lord, for every single person who's here, Lord, and for all of us, Lord, that we'll start to see people 
the way that you see them, Lord God. The Lord, as we see people the way that you see them, as we, as we see people to the loving eyes of Jesus, that we will see the significance of what's happening here, Lord God. Thank you so much for this place. Thank you so much for the vision that you have for here. And thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being part of it with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.